episode 502 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast for BaseballPerspectives.com. I'm Sam Miller. Uh, well, well, we'll get to it. I'm Sam Miller, uh, along with Ben Lindbergh of Grantland. How are you, Ben? Okay. Who are we sponsored by, Ben? BaseballReference.com. The Play Index at BaseballReference.com. Yes. A tool that I use multiple times today, hmm. as I do every day, and... Um, uh, as well as uh, somebody sent us a question today, mm-hmm. and, uh, wanting to some advice on a play index query, and said that they got it uh, uh, at our prodding some months ago, and that it has been awesome, or something like that. So mm-hmm. uh, listen to that guy. <laughs> yes, and use that coupon code BP. Listen, listen to my paraphrased uh, <laughs> recollection of what that guy said. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, all right, Ben. Yeah. A few things. Few things. Few okay. Things to talk about. First off, did you see the latest Andrelton Simmons play? <laughs> I did not. I was busy today. I saw some multiple links to it. Kept coming across links to another fantastic Andrelton Simmons play, and I did not make time to watch it. I regret it. All right. I can, uh, I can, I'm trying to find it right now. I, I've got it. I've got it. <clears throat> watch it. All right. Here we go. <sighs> Playing. Contact, short, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. I made, I made a play like that once, my, <laughs> at that second, is... at second base, my, my greatest baseball play ever was a weird, a weird hop at second that I barehanded, not even really thinking about it just because it bounced toward my bare hand and I, I clutched and it ended up in there, which looks Looks like it was more more intentional on Angelton Simmons' part, but there was definitely a weird hop that he had to adjust to. Yeah, looks like it's intentional that he was going to barehand it, maybe, but unintentional that it had to be quite so extreme. Uh, but again, uh, you see, it, it, it's like the way that he catches it, he catches it just as his body reaches the point of maximum torque and spring mm-hmm. so that he is able to immediately fire... The throw uh, to first. That's that's what I love about it. There always just seems to be this um, perfect tension in his muscles. My my finest play was um, I actually I, I think that my finest play ever on a baseball field was was just about a year and a half ago, and it was a uh, it was an Edmonds a Jim Edmonds type of play. Uh, uh, although I I wasn't I don't think I was diving as I caught it. I think that I was just in a full sprint. So maybe it was more of a Willie Mays mm-hmm. type play. Uh, not as graceful, of course, but back to the infield, fully back to the infield. Nice. Um, so that was pretty exciting. Um, all right. So that was a good play, though. I like that yeah. play. Mm-hmm. So we agree on that play. That is the kind of play, though, that when you said that you made a play like that once, the play that he made is sort of the kind of play that uh, you make either because you're incredible or because you you messed up. <laughs> right. And so I thought my I, I'm I'm not sure what kind of ball player you were. 
But in my head, when you said that you made a play like that one time, um, I was seeing something sort of different than <laughs> Andrelton Simmons. I was imagining 12-year-old Ben, or whatever you were. How old were you? Uh, yeah, I must have been about that. It was probably seventh grade. So Okay, yeah. yeah. So, and I'm, I'm imagining 12-year-old Ben, a ball coming at you, maybe a line drive. You know, one of the, the toughest play, you know, that line drive that hits about, I don't know, 12 feet in front of you. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm imagining you bailing why you know just completely <laughs> fleeing the scene and but like your hand is the last to leave and it's still like there's this sort of um uh your hand is trailing behind there's a you know an echo of your hand that is still there to catch the ball uh <laughs> and you get it as you tumble out of out of arm's way in my was it mind like it that? was <laughs> in my recollection it was slightly more graceful than that all right. Uh, I made some. I made some of those too. Although I wouldn't say I made them, but I had some of those. That line mm-hmm. drive that came out just short was a killer. Mm-hmm. I went to a game this weekend. I went to the the Yankees Blue Jays game, and the final score was five four, and it was fantastic. <laughs> so I'm feeling really good about my choice of favorite final score. It was it was great. There were no lulls in the action. Really, they never went more than a couple innings without someone scoring. No one was ever more than a couple runs ahead. People kept pulling even, and then the other team would go ahead by a run, and there was just constant suspense throughout, and it was great. So it took me took me a while to arrive at that answer, as people who listened to the end of that episode know, but I'm satisfied that I came up with the right one. I feel like I, I might have been answering a different question than you. I, I was more talking about which score I, I liked to look at like which score is the prettiest to look at yeah. i don't know that those are the most exciting games like i think i picked seven one it was one of my three choices and there was a seven one game today and it was boring and awful <laughs> yeah it was like a terrible game it was one of the worst games of the year it might be the worst game of the year mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll know when you write your worst game of the year article uh, we will um all right so yeah five four is a fun game though uh mm-hmm. generally i'll take probably maybe three two would be for for a fun game. I'll take a three two maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, headlines. Uh, it's been a while. We'll only do the the <laughs> one is, day. It's taken on a life of its own in the Facebook group. People are coming up with their own Diamondbacks headlines all day. Really? Yeah. Oh, huh. uh, this is interesting. It, for yesterday's, there were only three top submissions, and as you know, it's it's usually it's been. 10 the last couple days but uh before that it was five at one point but three huh. must have been a tough day i'm so gonna so getting more selective or no because lost day, interest and stopped submitting them the day before there were 10 hmm. um top submissions and so i'm gonna look at that that day july 26th top submissions you can pick a winner okay all right evans says sayonara with 10th inning blast <laughs> okay Domo arigato, Mr. Evans. <laughs> All right, I'm sensing a theme here. Uh, D-backs make long uphill climb to capture Philly's flag. Well, that's that's actually offensive. <laughs> I, that's a that's a Iwo Jima. Or, is it? Maybe it is. I think it has to be. <laughs> yeah, it could what be. The, what was the theme of this day? I had to figure out what. Yeah, what it must have been Japanese day at the ballpark, right? Uh, who is the game? It was. Diamondbacks and Phillies. Uh, promotions 2014. I'm going to see if. I, I think it had to be like 
Japan, Japanese night. In which case, the uh, so what's the date today? Oh, they don't actually. Yeah, okay, here you go. Uh, so the twenty? No, nothing like that. Uh, what do we think happened in this game that made it Japanese? <laughs> Was there a player on the Phillies or Diamondbacks? There, there might have been, but that I mean, there there often is, and for there to be three three consecutive. Japanese-themed headlines. <laughs> it can't feels. be a coincidence. Is, who's Evans? Who is Evans? Is that Nick is Evans? It Nick, Nick, oh, Nick Evans. Nick, went, Evans, Nick Evans. Oh, yeah, he signed with the Japanese just, team. But go, yeah. how is that the headline? Wait, it's not the opposite? It's not that Nick Evans just came back from Japan? No, I don't think so. Oh, yeah, Nick Evans wasn't... Hang on. Yeah, he Nick went Evans. to the, the Rakuten Golden Eagles. So this was... Wait, like... Evans, they, they released him to make room for Jordan Pacheco. So, so that was the headline. Was there no was was there no game that day? Maybe <laughs> that was the headline of the day in Diamondbacks news. No, it was in fact, Saturday. In fact, it was only a rumor. In fact, at this point, he was. Uh, it, okay, so it was being reported, but it is actually has not even been confirmed yet. In fact, uh, the the Arizona Republic has a story today saying that he is not necessarily going to Japan. But that is what these are in reference to. They must be. Otherwise... Nick Picoro tweeted that the deal is official. I don't know. Um, okay. But... Right. Wait, so did he... He? Oh, I see. He pinch hit in that game. And yeah, yeah, yeah. he drove in three runs. Yeah. He so had he, a big hit. He did yeah, something. Yeah, we knew that. Because he, we, he oh, said he sayonara with the 10th He homered in the 10th. Okay, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Long uphill climb to capture Philly's flag. <laughs> Not... Not on board. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. Nick's knock seals the deal. Two rhymes. I don't know if you know this, but I actually have a hierarchy of, uh, or yeah, hierarchy or taxonomy, or no, a hierarchy of, of bad headlines. Mm. And the only thing worse than a, a pun headline is a rhyme headline. This has, uh, this, has, this has the only thing slightly better than a pun headline is an alliterative headline. <laughs> and this actually has alliterative and rhyme. Nick's knock <laughs> seals the deal. Mm-hmm. Prado's payoff exclamation point doesn't <laughs> no but I mean if it was on the front page and there was a picture if uh, he were elected as president we have a we have a great one okay. this is a great one I I I wish I hope I hope to goodness that this is one of the peoples uh, out there listening because <laughs> this one is so good <laughs> D-backs fight valiantly <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I gotta start again. All right, <laughs> all right. D-backs fight valiantly to win meaningless. Game. <laughs> it's a finalist. Fight huh? valiantly to win meaningless game. <laughs> so good. That is really yeah. good. Perfect. <laughs> oh my gosh! Claim your prize, Nora Morse. All right. D-backs pummel fills with no remorse. That's interesting. I just said the name no remorse. And then in the next sentence, the words no remorse. Wow. What is this? This <laughs> That's a is this a code? It seems like it. Benghazi or something. <laughs> Seriously. Now, all right. So D-backs pummel fills with no remorse mm-hmm. and Evans up from the farm downs Phillies. Uh, up down and then last one is 
Prado wears out Phillies, Fashion's comeback win. His name's Prado, Ben. <laughs> oh, okay. Prada is yeah. a familiar name in fashion. It is. Prado wears out Phillies, Fashion's comeback win. Hmm. Well, anyway, we have our first great headline. <laughs> guys. Mm-hmm. Well done, no remorse. That could be the headline for every subsequent Diamondbacks game, too. Every think, every subsequent win. I think it's probably a coincidence that I said the words no remorse right after reading Nora Morse. Nora mm-hmm. Morse. But I think it's Nora Morse is a code name. I mean, that's clearly a, a fake name. And yeah. uh, mm-hmm. so so I'm going to give credit to one of you guys. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. D-backs fight valiantly to win meaningless game. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Very top good. submission. Oh, wait a minute, Ben. Mm. Nora Morse. Nora Morse was a top. Was a top submission the day before. Was a day before. What was her submission then? Was it the same? I know. All right, it was. <laughs> All right. Ah, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna get it out. <laughs> D-Max. <laughs> D-Max lousy. That's it. That's it. <laughs> D-Max lousy. <laughs> won the same day at a top submission and also won the different one which was a serious one d-backs pitchers resuscitate philly's moribund moribund offense so she won for that one she won for that one and then she and, just uh, decided and then to also submitted d-backs lousy <laughs> uh, well oh my goodness if you're listening nora let us know yeah <clears throat> all right um Ben, mm. uh, you were going to banter about something else. Yeah, it's just going to bring up the, the latest bad PR for the Astros, if it even qualifies as that. The last time we talked about the Astros, which was not long ago, we, we wondered whether maybe that would be the last time that we talked about the Astros for a while, so clearly not. Um, there was another Astros mini-controversy, this one involving Mark Appel, who was brought to throw a bullpen session uh, under the supervision of Astros pitching coach Brent Strom. Uh, maybe there were there were also other coaches, I guess, and, and front office personnel in attendance. Appel, of course, was also promoted to AA recently. And whether it was his promotion or his appearance around the Major League Clubhouse, which they seem to have sort of smuggled him in and out of so that no one would actually see him, but but people did. Whether it was one of those things or the combination of those two things seems to have engendered some resentment among Astros players who uh, spoke to spoke to Jose de Jesus Ortiz of the Houston Chronicle and and muttered many they muttered it sounds like they muttered lots of things under their breath while he was he was around lots of uh, lots of discontent in the Astros clubhouse about the fact that Appel was was brought in there to throw for people or that he was promoted or that he's being he's being babied or he's being being given some precedence because of his his draft pick status and it's it's 
strange that this is a story. This is one of the stranger Astros controversies, I think. Um, well, the the bullpen mound is the the promotion. I don't know the the promotion maybe isn't quite so strange, just because I think that anytime you have a you know a player who's a top draft pick, I think that's I think there's some simmering level of resentment of mm-hmm. all top draft picks all the time. Yeah. Uh, although usually not at the major league level. I mean, one of the reasons that there's resentment is that the top draft pick drives a nice car and everybody else drives a terrible car. Right. But in the major leagues, they all drive nice cars. And Appel probably, you know, relatively speaking, drives a terrible car I guess compared to them. A lot of the Astros cars probably aren't that nice. Uh, Appel probably has a nicer car than, than, some, than some of them. Major league Astros. Probably, yeah, I would say that, in fact, this is probably not. Uh, car affected at all like i would say that the car is probably not even an issue here uh however um so there's always this suspicion of the the top pick but yeah usually not at the major league level and it does make you wonder why they're paying so much attention to a guy at high a right Um, and so that's kind of odd yeah maybe 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 he's aloof maybe he's they just, I mean, they saw him in spring, right? They hung out with him in spring. Mm-hmm. He probably, what, didn't he, didn't he say something about how he was ready to pitch in the majors right then? Or am I thinking of somebody else? I don't recall. Um, but Quentin McCracken, who's their, their farm director, said, you can't get caught up in that. Uh, they need to focus on the job at hand. Getting caught up with what a minor league player does shouldn't affect them. They're professionals, et cetera, et cetera. Um, strange story. I can't tell whether this is, is this a uniquely Astros story? Did the Astros do something here that confirms their reputation? Were they not delicate enough in in massaging their players' egos or something? Or is this just? I mean, this is this must happen at other times. I can't really recall this being a story. I mean, obviously, yes, there's been resentment throughout baseball history for for bonus babies and and the like, but. I can't really recall a recent story about a prospect's promotion to double A or his his throwing a bullpen session getting on the nerves of the major league team. It's it's a weird one. Yeah, it it is a weird one. The bullpen mound thing was especially weird. You could see maybe if they'd let him maybe if they'd let him throw off the real mound. That might, but I mean, who who claims ownership of the bullpen, man? I don't know. That it's <clears throat> it seems like the, the, here's the tricky thing with unwritten rules, especially unwritten rules like this one, where it's like within the clubhouse. This is like a this is like a how you comport yourself unwritten rule. Like this is a uh, team hierarchy unwritten rule. It's different than the other ones, and so they they're unwritten, right? But they assume that everybody knows them. Um, and so, well, okay, so there's clearly there, there's clearly no actual damage done by throwing on a on a bullpen mound. You know, it's not like uh, you know he's gonna mess up their their landing spot or anything like that. So it only matters in as much as this is already a pre-established unwritten rule, because then it becomes like, oh well, he's. You know, they're rubbing it in our eyes. They're breaking this unwritten rule or whatever. But my guess is that nobody knew this was an unwritten rule in the first place. And so you can't hold them accountable for it, right? That's the problem with unwritten rules. If they're not, if you don't write them down, then nobody really knows what they are. And Mm -hmm. so you just sort of see offense in all, in all corners. 
uh, with otherwise innocent behavior. This feels like it could only be something you would take offense to if this were an established thing. Like if if it's maybe there's a maybe there is kind of a a, a, a tradition that that minor leaguers don't pitch on the bullpen mound or you know pit, appear on the field or whatever unless they've been promoted or something like that. Um, in which case. Appel might have been an exception, and they thought, well, he doesn't deserve to be an exception, and uh, you know he hasn't earned the right to be an exception, and maybe that's what it is. But nobody seems to have ever heard of any of these rules, and mm-hmm. uh, they, I certainly haven't. And so, if they're not a rule, then that doesn't make any sense. By the way, I didn't find any quote of him saying he was. I don't know who I'm thinking of. I might mm-hmm. have been thinking of like Danny Holson four years ago. What do I know? <laughs> and so, some Astros player. Uh, said, so now you get rewarded for having an 11 ERA and you have two guys down there at Class A Lancaster with two ERAs who can't get called up. Suddenly major leaguers are concerned about minor leaguers' welfare all of a sudden. That's that's a new one to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. It's it's a strange one. I guess we can just throw it on the, the weird Astros story pile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. It was a weird one. That's a that's that. I mean, between that and the Jed Lowry thing, mm. uh, I don't know. It feels like it, a couple years ago, I didn't know who the reigning kings of unwritten rule over enforcement were. Mm-hmm. But now we've got we've got the you know everybody thinks of the Braves, everybody thinks of the Diamondbacks. Now you've got the Astros. It's a. It you think like, of the of the Braves after McCann left. I don't know whether he brought that with him or not. Uh huh. Um, right, and he, it doesn't seem like he's brought it to the Yankees. So no. maybe maybe there's only two. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, the Astros, I guess what I'm saying is that uh, they just don't seem like happy people. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like the Diamondbacks, you get the feeling that the Diamondbacks, that's, that's their personalities, and it's like this culture that they're cultivating, and uh, that they they uh, you know they've created this like super hyper aggressive us against them mentality. With the Astros, they just everybody kind of like these 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 two controversies just seem like unhappy people, and uh, you, like you kind of feel bad for them. Mm. I don't know. It's hard to say. What do we know? Not much. Not much. Not in this one. Nope. All right. So Ben, mm. uh, we don't have to talk much about this topic because it's not much of a topic. But okay. I, I just noticed that um, in my kind of uh, on my radar, there have been four instances of independent league baseball popping up in the last week. Mm. Independent league baseball is having a moment, mm-hmm. say, a, a moment in my life. Uh-huh. Um, so I just wanted to point out these four, and then you know ask you a couple questions about independent league baseball. Okay. Um, so one of the four is that Brady Aiken might be pitching in independent league baseball, which would be, uh, you know would draw lots of scouts to games where normally scouts don't have to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that would be interesting. Uh, one is that Jason Lane pitched in the majors uh, as a starting pitcher on Monday after um, going through independent baseball to uh, kind of develop into a starter at the age of, or as a pitcher at the age of 37. Um, so he is one of the Sugarland Skeeters made good. Um, and so then that's two. One is that an independent league, I forget which one, is going to start a whole bunch of experimental rules to speed up the play of game. and people are Atlantic like, League. Yeah, there you go. And people are mm-hmm. talking about these as perhaps a uh, kind of, uh, well, not even not even league organized, like kind of a, I don't know, 
test run is good for a test for some of these solutions that have been um, uh, kicked around for years when we talk about Major League Baseball games. Mm -hmm. And uh, fourth is the Battered Bastards of Baseball Mm. is a uh, critically beloved uh, documentary that appeared on Netflix in the last couple of weeks and that people have been talking about and that I saw and that you claimed you were going to see, but I guess you didn't. <laughs> didn't follow through on that. No, I, I came close to being asked to write something about it last week, and that didn't happen. And then I was planning to watch it anyway because of all the nice things people said, and then and then you said such negative things about it that after I read your review, I lost some of my desire to see it. I, I still will at some point. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, let me ask you a couple of things. One, Jason Lane. Jason Lane uh, was, of course, a slugger for the Astros. Not a great one, but had a couple years. Uh, Mm -hmm. We all knew him. Goes away uh, at the age of 33 or something like that. I don't know, pitches like six innings in the minors on his way out of the sport. And then shows up in Sugar Land, works as a pitcher for a couple years there, gets a... Gets signed by a big league club, spent some time in the minors, isn't particularly good, seems to be like a, you know, control lefty out of the bullpen, but uh, sort of at the extreme old for his levels kind of guy. Uh, gets promoted despite having pretty awful peripherals in the minors yeah. uh, recently, uh, and then uh, has a couple good innings with the Padres. They needed an emergency starter, and he went seven innings uh, today, Monday. Uh, allowing uh, really no mistakes until I think the seventh when he gave up a home run to Evan Gaddis um, and lost two to nothing, but was pretty, it was a good story. It was a dynamite story. It was kind of mm-hmm. charming when Bud Black went out to pull him and, you know, patted him and did all the patting. <laughs> um, and so here's my question for you, Ben. Okay. Um, we've talked before about how uh, all of these hitters in the major leagues were the best pitchers their town had ever seen, and all these pitchers in the major leagues are the best. Were the best hitters their town had ever seen. I mean, these guys are elite baseball players, and the pitchers are also, relatively speaking, really good hitters, and the hitters, relatively speaking, are also really good pitchers. And in a lot of cases, at least in some cases, they made a choice somewhere along the line: were they going to be a pitcher or were they going to be a hitter? Mm-hmm. And that's how they got drafted, and that's how they got developed, and they left the other half of the game behind. And because of that, the sort of uh, muscles and skills never really developed. They kind of atrophied. And so they become kind of not good at the big league level. However, they were elite athletes. And so Lane, I assume Jason Lane was a great pitcher in high school, but was an even better hitter. So they made him a pitch a hitter. And, um, you know, over the course of 15 years, he forgot he'd ever done it. And then Started started again in his mid thirties and and it didn't come easily. He wasn't very good at first. It was kind of weird to see him doing this because he he wasn't good. He wasn't pitching at any sort of level where he would be noticed. It didn't seem like it was likely to go anywhere. But he just kept doing it and he got better and he trained himself and learned how to do it. And now he's in the major leagues. So Ben, mm. all every year, a hundred guys wash out of the sport as hitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in their mid thirties. They get old. Um, and, you know, they can't do it anymore. Do you think that some of these guys should be doing what Jason Lane is doing? Because when you think about it, they their arm is healthy. They're, they're like, uh, they haven't pitched in 15 years. Think of how many bullets they have left. Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, we see position players get 
turned into pitchers all the time in the minors when they lose the ability to hit. I wonder if there's any reason that we shouldn't see it when they're in their 30s and they lose the ability to hit. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if there are some guys who could do it more than have actually done it or have attempted it. I, I mean, maybe maybe once you get to that point, it's, it's too daunting for a lot of players to think about almost starting over in a sense. Um, and it's you know, going back to the to the minors and the minor league lifestyle and everything. And that's a lot to ask of anyone. But if you're a, a baseball player who really likes playing baseball and you, you'd rather bum around the minors for a while than, than do something different, then then sure. Um, why not why not try it? Because yeah, there are lots of guys who lots of guys who get drafted as someone who could pitch or uh you know, like Joey Joey Gallo could have been drafted as a pitcher, but he told yeah. everyone he didn't want to be. Um, yeah. Well, so. and, and when Joey Gallo could have been drafted high as a pitcher, I mean, yeah. probably. Mm-hmm. I think I asked Kevin this one time, and, and I can't remember if I asked it as the hitters being drafted as pitchers or vice versa. But like, I don't remember the question. I don't remember the answer. But like, I think like a like if you lower it to 40th round pick or 45th round pick, like I think a ton of these guys could get drafted almost sight unseen. As a as the other one, I mean, they can throw at the ball hard, and they have good baseball bodies. Mm-hmm. So, like, they could probably, I don't, I don't know how many it is, but of of like American born position players drafted into the majors and and or drafted and then eventually make the majors. If I had to guess, I would guess that if they had been pitchers, maybe seventy to eighty percent w- could have been drafted in you know the fortieth round or higher. Mm. Well, is the fact that we don't see it happen all that much a, a pretty good argument against it being plausible? Because, I mean, you'd, you'd have to imagine that that guys would be willing to do it if they thought they had a, a legitimate chance. So are we saying that they just don't recognize that they have a legitimate chance? You'd think they would consider all their options. It's It's their dream job. It's something they've been doing their whole adult lives. You'd think they would have to be dragged away kicking and screaming if they thought that they had any shot or any promise and could actually get a, get an opportunity to do this. Um, maybe, or maybe it's just that it's probably, I don't know, it, 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 you say daunting, but I think of it almost more like it's uncomfortable. These people, uh, you know, they're, they live lives of, you know, relative affluence. They got to be special and play in front of big crowds and get, uh, bust around in really nice buses for a long time or for some period of their lives. Mm-hmm. And so what, you know, Lane had to do is pretty, pretty humbling, you know, Sugarland. I don't know. I'm going to see if I can find Sugarland's attendance, but like I saw, oh, so their attendance they, in 140 game schedule, they drew 465,000. So they, they draw about 6,000 a night, which isn't that bad, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually pretty good. 6,000 a night's not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you know, you have to go to Texas and be, so my, my first experience with, um, my really, my, cl- the closest I've ever come to independent league baseball was when I was at a banquet dinner one time with a guy who had just bought the Fullerton Flyers, who were a golden baseball league team in Southern California. And, uh, 
it, it was like the sort of thing where the league would just stop for a year. There'd be no league for a year. Or mm-hmm. like various teams would just stop existing for a year. So I think Fullerton had maybe hadn't had a team the year before. And so then he had bought it and uh, they were going to have a team. And I talked to him about like how I would love to just go on the bus with them for three or four days. I was writing for the Orange County Register at the time. And, you know, just learn, like, what it's like to be an independent league. And he's like, yeah, sure. And I thought, okay, so that's <laughs> that's that's different. <laughs> like, the fact that they would just let some dumb kid with a tape recorder actually, like, ride on the bus with him mm-hmm. uh, gives you a sense of how unspecial you are uh, at that level. And, um, yeah, I mean, I imagine that it's, you know, you're, you're probably making a few thousand dollars a season. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the locker rooms suck. You're playing against nobody that you know uh, in front of, you know, no audience to speak of. And the unless you, have an, in, unless you have it in your head that, yes, I'm going to make it to the majors, there is really no reward you can get out of it. There's no, there's no reward along the way, basically, unless you're just super competitive and you just want to beat up on anybody who you can find who will play against you. There's no intermediate steps. There's no... There's no like really cool incentive to to playing. Mm-hmm. You either have to make the majors or it just it's just pure suck the entire time. I I would guess for at least for probably a lot of personalities. I'm sure there are some personalities who are um, different than mine uh, who can find happiness wherever they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I I guess it's just that you're kind of um, you're starting with what seems like a, a, a fairly unrealistic long shot of a premise. And then saying, you know, the reward might be worth it, but we're going to make it unpleasant the entire way there, and, and there's no payoff guaranteed. Uh, so, um, so like Lane pitched 110 innings for Sugarland, and then he went to the Pacific Coast League at the end of 2012, uh, and then he went back to Sugarland, and then he went to the Pacific Coast League at the end of that year, and then he had to go back to the Pacific Coast League this year. Yeah, you know, that's that's kind of a unpleasant three years probably mm-hmm. for a guy who how much do you think let's play the game ben how much did jason lane make <laughs> i was wondering i was gonna look it up but i didn't um <clears throat> jason lane i'll say six million uh okay i'll say uh 10.7 okay uh all right it is wow Whew. okay we, we over Way over. Yeah. Two point one. Yeah. That's that's missing a couple seasons of of league minimum. So mm-hmm. about say two point seven. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he maxed out at one point one point oh five. That's mm-hmm. a that's a bad that's sort of a bummer. I mean, he had twenty six home runs in his uh, third year. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, so I guess the good thing is if you are an old guy who's been in the major leagues before, you'll get a look anyway. You'll you won't just get lost in the system if you show some promise. Uh, there's no there's no reason to to bring you along slowly or anything to to develop you for the future. You you'll just get a shot when you can pitch. I guess as he. As he did, despite not even really convincingly demonstrating that he could pitch. Yeah. Um, so, have you ever been to an independent league game? I don't think so. I haven't either. Hmm. Do you think you would like to? Uh, it depends. 
If it were if it were one of the sillier ones that did strange things, then yeah. But every I mean every team below the majors does silly things. I mean you can go to a yeah. high A game and it's all silliness. Yeah. I mean you're not talking about like having them play in bathing suits or anything. You're just <laughs> talking about like you know the beer batter and the yeah. you know, games in between innings and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go out of my way to see most independent league teams. Clearly, so, I, I haven't. Yeah. So the the and neither have I actually. Um, the so the battered bastards of baseball uh, mm-hmm. is about an independent league team from the seventies, and it has a very sort of strong political position that independent league ball is a moral good and organized baseball, uh, the major league, you know, organized baseball, uh, is the villain in the story. Just, uh, you know, that they, they don't respect independent league baseball and they get in their way and that, you know, this team from the 70s that put independent league baseball back on the map is the heroic ones and then organized baseball is the villain for shutting them down uh, or, you know, basically coming back in and reclaiming their territory. So do you think that independent league baseball deserves to be lionized is is organized is independent league baseball uh uh heroic Mm. sport is there anything particularly about it that you think is useful or worthwhile or if they all went away would you feel any sadness in your heart it's it's nice that people have another place to play (laughs) it's nice when there's a a good story of someone who actually does make that trip from independent leagues to to organize baseball in the majors um that's that's about as far as my fondness goes yeah i i i think that i would like to be a guy who was into it i um i i think that um the way that as as I've mentioned before, this is something that I've been thinking a little bit about. The the fact that baseball is now a pipeline in which every act is geared toward getting a World Series championship for the parent club and that every game is viewed in that context, to me is slightly dispiriting. Like it makes me uh, slightly ashamed of myself that I um, am only willing to accept baseball that has this particular uh, meaningfulness to it, the meaningfulness mm-hmm. being a World Series, even though I know as a cognizant human being that that also is not meaningful, that there is nothing intrinsically meaningful about the World Series mm-hmm. and that competition is competition, that you know, the competition in independent league baseball is, should be just as pure and uh, you know, human and heroic as World Series baseball. And so the fact that I've been, uh, that I've channeled all of my interest into only this one sliver of the world um and only one you know one portion of the world's athletes does kind of make me feel like i've missed the point Mm -hmm. and so in that sense i would like to think that independent league baseball is a fine alternative that we uh, we should strive to care about and strive to support if we can even in just a small way on the other hand i just don't and I don't know if I ever if I ever will. Um, I should probably go see a game and see if I if I can convince myself to, to care. I mean, mm-hmm. even even like I would if you had the choice between seeing a high school game with a player who might be a third round target 
uh, in next year's draft or an independent league game. And it was like, oh, your father-in-law was going, and he's like, yeah, pick a game. Which one would you pick? If the independent league team had anyone I knew... They probably don't. (laughs) Then, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's Going to high school games is... It's not the greatest spectator experience, really. I, I might, I might go to a if it were a well-attended independent league park. I, I'd probably go to that. Okay. All right. Good. Mm-hmm. We just have to come up with a situation where you have to make that <laughs> There's my tepid support for independent <laughs> league baseball. Yeah. Uh, well, if anybody in the Bay Area wants to go to an independent league game with me, uh, let me know. And I don't know if there is an independent league, independent league in the Bay Area. Because uh, I think the Golden League is uh, the Golden Baseball League. I think is on hiatus again, mm-hmm. so there might not actually be one in my area. But maybe I'll go. All right. <laughs> okay. Is that it? That's all I got. Okay, and uh, people can go read your your review of the Battered Bastards of Baseball if they'd like to be talked out of seeing it, and. Uh, and as for the Atlantic League's time-saving measures, we actually did a, a full show on that, I believe, when they announced that they were considering those measures last season. So, oh, did we really? I think so. Oh. <laughs> so I'm looking at. Oh, so I'm looking at. It doesn't look like there are any. Oh, uh, Pacific Association of Professional Baseball Clubs. This might be it. This might be it. Let's see. Uh, commissioner is Mike Marshall. Hmm. Uh, two Hawaii-based teams uh, playing against teams from Japan and California. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, California. That's near me. Sonoma. That's near me. Vallejo is near me. San Rafael is near me. All right. All right. I'm sure you'll I'm get an it. email. I'm doing it. Okay. Uh, right. So you can email Sam your independent league game invitations and or questions for tomorrow's listener email show at podcast at baseballperspectus.com and please support our sponsor baseball reference go to baseballreference.com use the coupon code bp to subscribe to the play index at the discounted price of 30 dollars for a year we will be back tomorrow <laughs>